Okay, if you've got your outline there, that's, I think it's on the single sheet that was. We were at Ephesians 6 and verse 10 last week. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so we have this exhortation here. Our resolve, be strong, our resource, the power of his might. And um, <coughs> certainly wonderful verse there. And I thought, I'm almost making digressions. It's prayer meeting. We can do that a little <laughs> in studying and in the outline. And maybe you can help us without looking at the outline and think through the scriptures of the attacks of Satan as they ventured. We're at the end of history. We can look back in retrospect. <laughs> we can look at what, what's happened in the past and uh, think of the things that Satan has done to try to thwart the plan of God but God's plan rolls on it's not going to be thwarted is it and he's, he's got a, he's got something up his sleeve he thinks but God's told us what it all is about today in our day attack on Christians and also in the future attack on Israel and attack on the world really let's pray thank you heavenly father for the word of God that's been given to us and gives us many examples of the enemy's attack on the saints of God, on, on God himself. But praise the Lord, Lord, you will be victorious. You will win the battle. You have won the battle at the cross. And Lord, it just has to be acted through and brought to pass. Bless our thoughts around your word tonight and our prayers together in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Okay, <clears throat> there might be a few additions to the outline I gave there a week ago. I think it was, oh no, Sunday I put together. But <clears throat> when was the first attack that Satan made and on what individual did he make it? I'll add it back a little bit further. He attacked God, didn't he, really? That was the first attack. Sin... Sin started in heaven, where the devil was. Well, he wasn't the devil at that time, but he, he had that attack. And can you remember, you know, this is a good exercise. Where in the Bible does it talk about that? Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28, and divide that by two, and you get Isaiah 14. And that's how I remember, remember where they are. <clears throat> and in... Revelation chapter 12 verse 4 tells us about a third of the angels fell with him and became demons. And some of them fell further and they're locked up. And, and that about 600, 1600 years after Adam and Eve. And so and that, yes, your second, second attack was, as you mentioned earlier, on Eve in her innocence or ignorance. In Genesis chapter 3 we have the fall. See, Satan's looking at all this that's happening here. And you, you put yourself in Satan's position. And he, where was he as far as the throne of God? What was he doing? Guarding the throne of God? And he, was, he knew what was going on. And he may have been in on hearing of God's plan to make man. I don't know that he heard that man would govern over angels. Or ju sorry, judge angels in the future, mm. and so 
Satan in a prime position would think, well, you know, maybe this has started him thinking, not, not having this. <laughs> but anyway, we don't know. God knows. And uh, <clears throat> when man came on the scene, he was right on the spot. And what do you do with a snake when you see it? Kill it. <laughs> yeah, because it just it does. It, it's got the hiss of the serpent, hasn't it? You just uh, dread those things. Although I don't, I don't walk around, oh, there's a snake around a corner. And we shouldn't as Christians do that either. The serpent, Satan, yes, he's a, he, his demons can be in one place at one time, same with him. But we don't fear, walk around fearful, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But he that's attacked come with, with them in innocence. Eve did it in ignorance. Man... Adam chose to disobey. It tells us in 1 Timothy 2.13. So there's attack on man in his innocence. Moving along a little bit further. Well, probably right in that same chapter, God said he was going to have a man born that would stomp on the serpent's head, the seed of the woman in chapter 3. And so from that point on, Satan's looking out to try to stamp that seed out. And that, that, that was all the way up to the cross. He was trying to, for those, how many years? Three, four thousand years. <laughs> Looking to where that was going to happen. And you see that as we go on in his attack on mankind there. So <clears throat> he attacked the lion of the saviour. Genesis 3.15 was there given by Moses. And we have that record. But right back at the start there in Genesis chapter 4. What did he get? Who did he inspire to kill someone? Cain killed Abel. You know what Eve said when she had Cain? I've gotten a man from the Lord. She's thinking of God's promise. Satan's thinking, let's stamp this one out. You should see the attacks of the devil is incessant. It keeps coming, all, and it will keep coming until he's locked up. A wonderful day that will be. So <clears throat> attack, yeah, Cain kills Abel, Genesis 4. Then there's another attack, and that 1,600 years later, what did Satan do to mankind? He corrupted them so, didn't he? That every imagination of the heart of man was evil only continually. So he's trying to corrupt man and it's believed that even these, some of these fallen angels fell in taking themselves women as it is in Genesis 6 verses 1 to 8. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and came in unto them. And Second Peter 2 verse 4 and Jude verse 6 backs backs that up I believe and so that's where it's this pre-flood generation God had to wipe them out the iniquities of the pre-flood generation was complete it was so bad that God had to wipe it out to keep man's pedigree even and there was only those righteous that righteous man and his sons and their wives that started the next um, population growth <laughs> you say so Satan's out to do it isn't he and he probably thought I've, I've done it so the pressure would have been 
on Noah and his family intensely. Because these evil beings were there trying to do this and corrupt them and their children. And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be before the Lord comes. So don't, don't be surprised at how difficult it will be to live the godly life. And all these things, I think, pre-warn us about what the devil's up to and trying to do to those that would live godly. Now, <clears throat> even after Noah survived the flood, <laughs> I don't know if it was a, the old devil whispered in his ear and said, what, did he, what do you think he might have said to him? What did Noah do that got, got, them all, got, him into, got Ham into trouble? <laughs> Let's not blame Noah, but Ham really did it. Yep. Well, before he got drunk, what did he do? He planted a vineyard. <laughs> he planted a vineyard and he got drunk. Now, this wasn't just that it takes a season to at least grow the grapes. It takes a couple of seasons from to bear. So you're a few years out of the flood. Then he, he did this and then Ham. And, and it says over and over again that Ham was cursed and shall be the servant of Japheth and um, Shem's descendants. It says that a couple of times. Interesting as you look through that and, and as we look back and see what, what has become of the nations of the world and where they come from and, and who does what and the blessings or cursings of the Lord upon the, the different nations. So pre-flood generation, post-flood people. Noah planted a vineyard and then it didn't take long. How many years was it? The next attack came and you see, you just go through an outline of the Bible with looking at what Satan's doing, and we're not looking at all of them, but what was the major, the next major one? The Tower of Babel. About how many years after the flood? About 400 years. About that time. And God's plan for man in Genesis chapter 11, he, he told them what? Populate, fill the earth spread out and Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the Lord and he said gather together boys one world one world government <laughs> one world religion let's all stick here in case we be divided in the earth and scattered abroad and can't help each other sounds logic doesn't it hey the same things going on today let's all join together let's break down the national barriers God has set them as they are he has set the nation so. And uh, that's God's doing. And as I said in a morning service a few months ago, that if we go to another country, we need to assimilate into that country, but not Christians. People, uh, we have to take what we believe with us. Aren't you glad that they brought that here? Aren't you glad that they brought it to America? What would the world be like without those countries that have preached England and those that have preached the truth? And taking it to other countries. Anyway, we'll get off the track if we attacks <coughs> on the tower at the Tower of Babel with Nimrod, a mighty hunter, and not a hunter in, in killing dragons and, and dinosaurs, but for men, we believe. Then there is a story of an individual around that time. What was his name that Satan attacked? Job. And it's it's pointed out there very easily to understand Job didn't understand what was going on but we look back and say well thank you Job for going through it and being a survivor there and uh, he, he attacked and he accused 
Job of doing it for what he could get out of it. And God said, well, I'll lower the hedge. You can test him on that one. He took everything away. In a second time, in chapter 2, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. You see, they to give an account, good and bad, good angels and fallen angels. And Satan himself was to present himself, and he did. What about Job? You didn't bring him up the second time around, chapter 2. Ah, oh, he only does it because you haven't touched him physically. And Satan came in there and did everything he could to make life as miserable for Job as he could. You see, folks, we've got an enemy. And you know what? We're not living out of the enemy's territory. We're living in the enemy's territory. I think someone, someone wrote a book like that. In the enemy's territory. We're living where he is and where he has had so much experience at attacking the, the people of God. And so there he attacked Job, Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. And then God chose, and we did this on last night actually, in Genesis chapter 12, what was the covenant that God made with whom? Abraham. With Abraham, he made that with Abraham and he said <coughs> the, the covenant that he made there and uh, was a day, conditional or unconditional covenant. Unconditional. How did God seal the covenant? Say, this is the promise and this will happen. By Abraham dividing the pieces of the animals that were sacrificed and God walked through himself. Like, these are the animals on both sides and God walked through. Abraham was in a deep sleep because if Abraham walked through, as a man, he would have broken it. But this is an unconditional and man's not going to break it. No, the Mosaic covenant, yes, man broke it. And you can have the others. But God made a covenant with a man. He chose that man and made a covenant with him. And he's going to bless all the nations of the world through that person's lineage. And not all his lineages. Last night we were looking at, uh, Pastor Hein was looking at, what was it? How many descendants eventually did they fan out into? The 12 tribes that come from Jacob. And uh, Abraham had how many children to Keturah after that Sarah died 13 Arabic nations 13 yep and uh, you can see the attack between <laughs> of the enemy using these even descendants of Abraham fighting the spiritual descendants Isaac and his seed that's gone on and still goes on it's raging <laughs> The Isaac team is pretty small, isn't it? That's just Israel, 7 million people in climbing and about 7 million, they say, outside of, of Israel. But the Arab nations are, are huge in comparison to them. Um, <clears throat> but God's going to have the victory because he said so. Amen. He's going to win and um, his purpose will go out. But thinking of the Abraham and his descendants... Um, <clears throat> Pharaoh only 400 years down there Abraham, Isaac, Jacob Joseph down to Egypt and then 400 years there and there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph and didn't know and didn't know Joseph's God <laughs> and so he had endeavoured to exterminate the people of Israel he wasn't going to let them go was he and when they did let them go he was after them and bring our slaves back he enslaved them. Um, <clears throat> he attacked the lineage of David. 
David was promised a king and descendants to be king in his lion. And him, he will reign forever. His descendants will reign forever. But Satan, you see, it went from a nation attacking them and then narrowed it down to tribes and narrowed it down to an individual, uh, David the king. So from then on, as you look and read in scripture, Satan's attack was to pick on the lion of David because that's where the king's going to come through. And he threw all at that and uh, tried to attack the line of David. And what did it get down to at one stage of the line of David? All of them, all of the descendants were killed but one. And how old was he? He was younger than eight, but then he was, he was king at eight, wasn't he? And... Um, <clears throat> He almost, Athaliah, I remember her, yeah, killed all the descendants. <laughs> what a lovely grandma. <laughs> Dracula. Well, anyway, <laughs> that sort of grandma that you wouldn't want near your place. And, and you know, folks, there are some grandmas that are not Christians that are probably not good, really good to have around your children. You think about it because the influence they might have. But this one was murderer. Anyway. They survived. <laughs> and the priest brought, was it Josiah out, and he, he reigned, and he reigned in a godly reign. Um, <clears throat> so against the lineage of David, attack against the kings of Judah all the way through. And Josiah, Second Kings 22, that was. Against the Jews themselves. <clears throat> Esther, the survival of the Jewish nation. <laughs> the same one that's saying we were going to wipe them out now, it's the same nation that said in Esther's time we're going to wipe them out. The Iranians now. <clears throat> um, back there, it, uh, what the decree went out in, Esther, in Esther's um, account there and attempted to send Mordecai and Haman was the one that was going to be murdering them and sent the decree out and then there was another one sent out and the Jews were allowed to attack their enemies. Attack against Jerusalem. Um, often the, the nations around them come against them. And the Syrians, 185,000 under Sennacherib came. <clears throat> but God wiped them out <laughs> over and over again. Attacked, Satan attacked with the Assyrians and scattered the 10 northern tribes eventually. And Satan used the, the Babylonians to attack the two southern tribes. See, God's intention all through these attacks and that was to discipline Israel, to bring them back to himself. But Satan's purpose was to, well, let's do it properly and wipe them out. And God wasn't going to happen. let that happen. <clears throat> now you think of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did Satan attack then? What did he, what did he do? Right even at the start. Okay, Herod destroyed all the children from two years old and under, trying to wipe out the king. <laughs> the, the king, remember, where is the king, said the wise man, the king of the Jews. <laughs> it, could have, it could have been that Mary could have been stoned too before the Lord was born. Why? Why would have they stoned her? She wasn't married and she's with child. And, and, and it was during the time that she was 
engaged, as we say, but there they were committed to the wedding and it was like being married but not officially together. And she could have been stoned. Herod, as you mentioned, tried to. What else then happened when the Lord reached 30 years old? An attack of the, of the devil. Christ in the wilderness. And Satan there tried to tempt him. And uh, he tried three times, didn't he? And uh, oh, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world if you will fall down and worship me. And did, did the Lord say, no, they're not yours? No. That, you see, that would have avoided the cross. What an easy way to go about it. And Satan will make it a temptation strong. But the Lord said no. And he answered with scripture each time. And all these references, I think, if you have one of those sheets, are all, all uh, main references are in them. Um, <clears throat> the temptation not to go to the cross. And, yeah, Peter. Peter said, you know, you're not going to do that. That's not going to happen. And what did, what did the Lord say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Satan, there's an attack on the Lord Jesus Christ. And there was an attempt to stone Jesus in John 8, 59. There was an attempt at Nazareth to throw him over the cliff and he went through them and disappeared. I stood on that cliff and it's a big cliff. You stand up the top at Nazareth looking over the Jezreel Valley and, and, the, and the cars down on the highway right down to the bottom, you're just little specks. That's a long way down <laughs> when, if you're looking sort of southwest, standing there. And that temptation, I mean, <clears throat> Satan trying to destroy the life of the Lord there. There was an attempt even on the cross. If thou be the Son of God... Prove it. Come down and do something. Save yourself. <laughs> you say you save others, save yourself. Matthew 27, 40. Um, <clears throat> and then, of course, the Lord was murdered, was killed, died on our behalf. But it was all in the plan of God, wasn't it? <laughs> and Satan thought he'd won a victory. Well, not so. Three days later, the Lord rose again. Um, <clears throat> what about since the cross? What is Satan up to? Now, this is getting closer to where we are. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and we need his power to live in this wicked world. Well, against Scripture. Against Scripture, he's tried to destroy it, he's tried to burn it, he's tried to ban it, and you know, religion is the one that mostly has done that. <laughs> tried to silence, keep it from the people. Don't teach them to read, because if they read, they will understand what it's saying. If you don't teach your children to read and write and do these things, then we're as guilty as the Catholic Church, where they stopped them reading and writing, but they also kept the scriptures. They read it in another language. Fancy me being here preaching from, what was it, Latin they used. And the people are speaking English, and nobody understands anything. You know what it says in the Bible about people that speak in tongues in a church where they don't understand? It's crazy. It's madness. You know, Paul said, I'd rather speak one word with understanding for edification than a thousand words in a tongue. <laughs> but Satan has tried to silence the scripture. Um, he's trying, and, and in our day, in the last, you know, 60, 70 years, what has Satan done with the scriptures? He tried to corrupt the scriptures. 
all the versions of the Bible everywhere. And he's trying to corrupt it. And they are corrupting. They're putting in, they're taking it from a corrupt text, the Alexandrian, instead of the received text. And that, that's where it gets corrupted. It's, it's not the oldest text of the, of the Greek manuscripts they find. That's what these corrupt versions are from. The oldest must be closer to the original, you see. No, no, it's not that. The majority text is the 5,000 texts that they've gathered that we call the received text that they take all the verses and if there's a disputed word they take the majority times it is used in the 5,000 texts. Stick. And they, they did that without computers. They did it all just with paper and ink. And what a wonderful thing the Lord has done that he's preserved the scripture for us down to today. But Satan doesn't like the scriptures. It speaks of him. It speaks of the Lord Jesus. Otherwise, you can destroy the scripture. You can allegorize it to make it mean what it doesn't mean. That is Satan's method. And he got in, he got his foot in the door real early in the church. Oregon, down in Alexandra, just a hundred and something AD, he was in there having Oregon corrupt it and use that method of interpretation. And Augustine, in 300 plus AD, he came and he took it on himself to do the same. He was doing it literally for a while, then he changed tact. He changed tact because he tried to fit the prophecies of Scripture into his day. And it doesn't work like that. <laughs> they were for a far future day. And because the church got to power through Constantine, Augustine said, the kingdom is here. The church is ruling. And God's never said the church would rule over nations anyway. Not in but for the future. <laughs> um, <clears throat> attack against the saints. How many saints would there be in the world today if Satan wasn't attacking and hadn't attacked? You know, the records of the true blue believers back for the centuries, if you study church history, I don't know if that's going to happen in Sunday school, <laughs> but... Um, if they and their writings had survived to today, we would have so much more and far better than what we have. You see, the good stuff has been burnt and destroyed, a lot of it. But some of it has been kept, and praise the Lord for the scant bits that have been of church history. But Satan has tried to hinder and hound saints all over the place. And the church, he's martyred, he's murdered, right from the start. Stephen, the first martyr. Um, well the dark ages a thousand years where Satan attacked and today he continue, continues to attack the church through the great apostasy that we have we, we've run out of time there's only a few left but we'll leave them for another day Satan keeps on attacking what should we do put on the whole armor of God <laughs> that's what it says in verse 11 but don't be ignorant of what's happened don't be ignorant of what Satan's done in the past and he'll use the same tactic again and again over and over be aware of what the Lord said is going to happen in the future is he a loser yeah good <laughs> he's an, he is a loser absolutely <laughs> is the Lord going to win the victory 
through his saints, for his saints? Yes, yes. And it's not far away. It seems that, you know, it'll get to a point where it seems everything is lost. In the tribulation, it's hopeless. Christians, believers at that time, will be murdered en masse, as it says in the scripture. If you become a believer, you want to buy or sell or eat or do anything, and they'll be murdering. And it'll look like it's hopeless. But just when it almost is impossible for any believer to survive on the earth, the Lord descends. And uh, on the white horse, a saviour on the white horse, and declares victory. He's already taken all the others up before that. Then he comes with his saints to declare victory. Um, praise the Lord. He's the one that's going to have the victory. Amen. Who do you give your allegiance to? <laughs> Are we bowing to Satan? Are we bowing to this world and its system? Are we bowing to the Lord Jesus Christ? I pray that we do bow to him.